Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. Today, my buddy Thad Cockrell joins us. His latest single called Swingin' from his new album, If In Case You Feel The Same, has a surprising story that resulted in Thad becoming a household name across the country. Thad and I have been friends for, I don't know, a decade or more. And when this story happened, I texted him. I was like, please come on the podcast and tell our friends about this. So I cannot wait for y'all to hear. If In Case You Feel the Same is his first solo effort in over a decade. It's an album that exposes his deepest insecurities and weaknesses, all for the sake of creating a transcendent connection with the audience, which proved very, very true for a lot of us, including Jimmy Fallon. Here's the story, and here's my buddy, Thad Cockrell. Thad, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Annie, (laughs) thank you for having me. What a pleasure. Here's what. You and I have been friends for, I don't know, I moved here in 2008, so however long that is. Then we've been friends from 2008. Yes, yeah. <laughs> from that. <laughs> and I don't know why you haven't been on the show yet, but now is a great time because you've got a great story. It's a great time. And uh, yeah, it's really an incredible story. Yeah. You've always had a great story. Let me be clear. But this Thank most you. recent couple of months has been super fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think along the journey, oftentimes... You know, at some point, (laughs) you know, a a prayer has been like, okay, we've got to change the story or else Mm. nobody finishes the book and Mm. neither do I. Like Mm. you just people just walk away from it. And I think what's happened over the last three months has been a a completely not almost different chapter, but maybe like almost a whole new sequel to something. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it feels that way. I mean, because, so let's back up just a smidge. How long have you been a singer-songwriter professionally? I've been doing it full-time since, uh, well, for 20 years. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Full-time for 20 years? Yeah, for better or for worse, really. That is Mostly for worse than better. (laughs) (laughs) That is not true. It Um, actually, I mean, it depends, it depends where, like, you know, if, if you pay attention to other people's weather, mm-hmm. um, then it could be really difficult. But yeah. if you just pay attention to, if I pay attention to the path I'm on and and not pay attention to other people's weather, it's, it's a lot easier. But it has not been necessarily, while I do feel, I think it, it uh, my journey has um, helped me redefine what success is. And I oh. think if we're going to tell new stories, we have to live new stories, right? Mm. And so if success is what you believe to be monetary, if, if, if money is success, then my story has been dismally, um, like, uh, horrific, right? <laughs> uh, but I think what I have found is an incredible journey that is a lot more fulfilling and beautiful than what society would say this is what defines success. When were you able to teach yourself that? Like from the beginning, because money matters. We have to have it, some uh, amount of money. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Do, it does matter. And I, it sounds like I don't like money. I actually... I, <laughs> Dear everybody. <laughs> I really do like money. I do. I'm like, you know, uh, there's oftentimes, you know, I'm an artist. And, and when you make art, for the most part, it feels like a fool's errand, right? But mm. I'm you know, an eight on the Enneagram, eight, seven, and normally eights are like usually very wealthy. And I've oftentimes wonder, like, I'm shocked. I'm not like a billionaire. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because you would think that, that like, is also such an eight thing to say. I am shocked. I'm not a billionaire. <laughs> it is. It's very eight thing to say. Right. But the idea of it is, is more in line with, mm-hmm. uh, I am very ambitious and I dream really big. So yeah. you would think <laughs> that, well, maybe you're not dreaming big enough. It's like, oh, no. Um, but I would say that what I have learned is the difference between the short arc of what man thinks. You know, mm-hmm. man, men, people, we think in our arc 
of beginning to end or middle is actually really short. Yes. And I've realized the long arc of God. Wow. Like, like it's a very long arc. And yeah. and if you read scripture, uh, whether you take it literally or not, if it's just a metaphor, there's all kinds of stories in there that tell that God tells a long arc story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it is life more fill in the blank? Life is more blank when you pay attention to God's long arc. I would say it's more interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's more interesting. Yeah. That's a good word. Because I was thinking, I was going to ask you, is it more peaceful? But you're saying it's more interesting. No, I don't know if peaceful is the is the thing. Okay. I think it's more interesting. I think interesting people tell interesting stories. Mm. And I think God is, if anything, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so you start as an independent singer-songwriter. Yeah. And do that for 15 years before leagues? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, my first three albums came out on a on a label. And and I actually, my early first three records, I was, you know, obsessed with like old school country music. Ah. And, you know, um, and I was a critic starling, like tons of NPR. Like, you know, there's this uh, quote I read by Johnny Cash. He was saying to someone and he said, don't read your press, weigh it. Mm, you know what wow, I mean? Oh, yeah. And if I didn't read it, if I just waited, I'd be like, things are really good because there was a lot of press, right? Mm-hmm. And so my first three albums really blew up. Like my first songs that I ever wrote were getting played on the BBC. Yeah. And then the 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 really interesting story starts happening. You know what I mean? It's almost like yeah, success in the interesting story. Uh, it completely isn't. Right. And I think usually early success is just a friendly trap for mm. um, something much greater. You know. Wow. And I would say even for like relationships, you know, like like that. And I think that's designed by God. Like anybody that. That uh, you know, naysays um, like chemistry or the need for like early like you know falling in love. Yeah. All of that is by design. <laughs> huh. I have never thought about that. Brad. Absolutely, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're right. I mean that the the early success can be a trap. Yeah, it is. It's a friendly trap. Yeah, but it's but it's a trap. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, then the work starts. Yeah. Then it's like, yeah. okay, here's the real conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, our character is is only built on things that we're passionate about because yeah. usually, you know, like my character wouldn't have been built on like being a or stretched or changed um, in any way if I would have been a um, an accountant. The reason why is because I would just left. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. give a damn. Right. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I'm I'm massive. I've always been a song. I've been crazy about songs. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm wild about them. Yeah. And so my journey to trying to figure out how to write songs has been the thing that, like, kept me going. Yeah. And, and I think I got it because songs were, for the most part, the thing that saved my life when I was young. Really? Yeah. It was music that was the... Not even music, the actual songs, like lyrics? All of it. Yeah. Yeah. That saved your life. Do you want Completely. to talk more about that? Well, it was the only thing. You know, I grew up in a, in a, in a pastor's family, and, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't talk about feelings. Um, mm-hmm. I was very disconnected from from both my parents, although they were present. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know that they did the best they could. So, so but, we say it on site, right? Everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. Yes, yeah. right? So th- this is what I know is true, but um, mm-hmm. that doesn't still remove that we all have um, human needs. That's right. And um, and so, you know, when I listened to music as a kid, it was the only thing that gave me an outlet to actually feel any emotion. Wow. What songs do you remember being important to you? Are there ones that stand out? Yeah, like old country songs. Yeah. Church songs, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't. Gr- I didn't have. I didn't grow up in a music like loving fam. I mean, yeah. Like there was never music on in the house for the sake same of- in our house. It's so funny now with all of our friends and their families. Yeah, they have music on their speakers all the time. All the time. We did not. Our house did not have music. Not out. the world I came from. No, right? me either. And so, what was on the radio was was what I listened yeah, to. Same. And so I grew up listening to pop music yeah. and, you know, um, and whatever was on the rock stations. And so I, you know, I listened to, you know, Fleetwood Mac Dreams. Mm. Like when I still hear that song, it a, a, a wild mood. Yeah. It comes back. Yeah. And, and, um, and it's really beautiful. 
But, you know, music was the thing that, that really, you know, if you don't feel, if, if something doesn't give you an outlet to feel, that doesn't end well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so music just, I mean, it is just wild to think. I, I was just at dinner with someone last night, and he said, if you take the five stories from your childhood that are most important to you mm-hmm. and how it shaped you, yeah. he said most of what we're doing is still connects to one of those stories. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'll never recover from thinking about that. Yeah. But, but it sounds like music <laughs> saving you as a child, and mm-hmm. then it ends up being your your livelihood, your passion, what you walked forward into adulthood forever with. Well, because I think what happened in that is that it planted the seed of me knowing the value of it. Okay. Right? And so when I was a kid watching my dad preach, I remember watching him and I was about to, you know, I was maybe five years old, like way too young to be thinking this thought. Uh Um, So, you know, I would attribute it to just, you know, God planting something that he knew was going to get buried but, uh, you know, I was watching my dad preach and I remember thinking, oh, well, I guess that's what I'll do. Mm. And the thought came to me, they'll listen to a song before they'll listen to a sermon and they'll take it home and they'll listen to it thousands of times. Five years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. And that there was is wild. Wild. And there's no context for that in my life. Like, so that's like running through the desert and getting hit upside the head with like an ice cream cone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a great analogy. <laughs> like, you know, like, that's what that, yeah. you're like looking around like, where yes. did that come from? Yes. Like an ice cream cone. You and know, you like, remember it so clearly. So clearly. So clearly. Yeah. And it's true, though. Oh, oh, it is. It is deeply true. What I do on stage in 30 minutes is so different than what Taylor Swift does on stage in 30 minutes. Yeah. Because we are, because the songs are, we have memories in our house and in our car. And, you know, like when y'all do concerts and when I teach on stage, it's two totally different things, Mm -hmm. even though it's humans on stage using their gifts Mm -hmm. and and it is so different, but you're right. It's because it, it happens the same a thousand times in your own home. Yeah. If I could ever, you know, I went to seminary at some point in my life and I got my master's in, in family therapy. Uh, but I did at one not point, know that. yeah, I did. Isn't that crazy? Uh, but at one point, um, cause it's my, it's the family business. You totally. know, both my brothers yeah. are pastors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some people were born into the mafia and others are born into, <laughs> well, the mafia. The mafia. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Some would say, <laughs> you know, but I now I looking back, I'm like, I, if I could give like, um, like pastors, a uh, like if I could do a workshop, I would create the connection between um, an incredibly crafted song mm. and uh, and how that should and could apply to an incredibly crafted message. Do that for us. I think you should do that. I mean, you don't have to do it right now, but I would pay for you to teach me that. That that's an interesting class for someone to take. Well, you get one thing. Mm-hmm. You don't get to say two things in a song. You get yeah. to say one thing. Oh wow! And everything supports that one thing. And most of the yeah. time, when I hear public speakers, and 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 pastors, they're they're trying to say five things or two things <laughs> yeah. or three things. But yeah. you don't get to like with a song. You get one. You have three and a half minutes, yeah. maybe five, if you want to be out there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. Um, and everything within that song on the production is built to say that one thing. Uh-huh. And then there's a hook, right? And so even the hooks help say and help you remember uh-huh. that one thing. So if you're crafting a sermon, what's your hook? And what's your main thing? What's the one thing you want to say? If, if people could leave and you said, I want them to know and I want them to think about this one thing— Great. Now let's talk about all the different hooks that we can create. Mm-hmm. So a chorus is some like, so, you know, you could talk about sub points or other things, and then you come back to the chorus, you always the one the thing. Chorus. Hi, friends. Just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Pros. 
Isn't it great when you find hair care products that truly address your hair's needs? With Pros, that's exactly what you get. Pros is the world's most personalized hair care. They know that we don't always find the results we're looking for in the traditional hair care items we find on the shelves. So you know what they did? They combined natural ingredients and innovative ways to give you clean, customized hair care that really works. I've been using the personalized shampoo and conditioner that Pros created for me after I took the quiz on their website. I just ran out, by the way. I need some more. I answered a few simple questions about the climate here in Nashville and some of my routines and the things I was looking to address with my hair. They took that information to create personalized hair care products that have made my hair stronger, shinier, and smoother. I love that my Pros products are formulated with clean ingredients and they smell so good. I'm telling y'all. I, today's my first day without it, and I miss it. You should try it, too. I think you'll enjoy the little quiz, and I know you'll love getting personalized and effective hair care products made from their unique blend of the over 50 billion formula combinations that Pros has available. And they use their review and refine feature to continually optimize your experience. So they can tweak your formula for any reason, seasonal or lifestyle changes. So every delivery of your personalized Pros products just gets better and better. Every bottle is made to order, so you're guaranteed fresh and effective hair care. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash that sounds fun. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, and you can join the club. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Thad. <laughs> Thad, there's a whole thing here, man. There's a whole thing. Next time you need a side thing, here's your next <laughs> side thing. When you think about your, when you're writing songs and you have this history yeah. in faith, but in family counseling. Mm-hmm. And in understanding how humans work, that's what counselors do is they get the keys to how humans work and they help us open doors that we don't know how to open ourselves. Yeah, right. Yeah. How, how are you actually doing the same job in either job? How are those two things not that different, songwriting and counseling? <laughs> okay. Uh, so I feel like my job as a songwriter, not everyone's job, right? This is my job in order to do what I'm put on earth to do to the best of my abilities, which is not what our friend Dave Barn does, mm-hmm. although he does write songs. What he's doing is completely different. Okay. Using the same process, mm-hmm. but what he's supposed to do with the exact same songwriting gift yeah. is very different from what I'm supposed to do. Oh, wow. Right? I feel that with authors, so of I course. totally see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, of course, right? And so I feel like, you know, the cross section for me as an eight seven, which is like challenger enthusiast, mm-hmm. right? I'm a seven eight. I know that okay. doesn't surprise you. All yes. right, <laughs> I do. <laughs> completely seven eight energy. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, <laughs> it, the cross section for me is uh, well. I was I, I read this uh, incredible quote, and it was by Daniel Lenoir, who produced all the huge U2 albums, and he's produced a bunch of other Mm -hmm. albums. And he said, if you aim for everyone else's bullseye, you'll always miss. So what you have to do is you have to make your own bullseye. Mm -hmm. And if you make your own bullseye, you'll almost always hit it, right? Wow, yeah. And so my bullseye has been the cross-section of what people want Mm -hmm. and really like and what people need. Okay. So what I call that is me hiding vitamins and Twinkies. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So in every song, there's a line that I basically wrote the whole entire song about. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So for Because that's the vitamin. Because that's the vitamin. So Susie from the West Coast, mm-hmm. a song off my new album. And the uh, new album is called If In Case You Feel The Same. If In Case You Feel The Same. So in that song, in the second verse, there is a line, uh, and I wrote the whole song about what I was experiencing with someone because... The only way that we're going to get through this is if we do this, right? Mm. And so, um, but the second verse um, in it says, strengths, you know, they're going to divide us, but weaknesses are going to keep us close. Mm. That's what the whole song's about. 
That's the vitamin. That's what the whole song's about. Completely. Yeah. Because, if, you know, like sometimes when I'm playing a show, I'm like, who got in a fight on the way here? Mm. You know, there's, <laughs> you know, like beautiful nights out, couples always get in fights. Yeah, of course. You know, you're like, how the hell are we in a fight? We're on, a, <laughs> on, a, on our way we to bought a, these tickets. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, you know, about to rip each other's heads off. Of uh-huh. course. Yeah. Of course you yep. are, right? So I'm like, um, here's how you end the fight. Just lean over and tell the person what you feel really insecure about. Mm. You say that from stage. Yeah. Wow. And do they do it? I hope so. Yeah. Fight's over. Yeah. <laughs> right, because it's it's insecurity every time. Every time. It is for me, yeah. Yeah. And insecurity only presents itself as other people's insecurities. If I'm insecure, <laughs> instead of me saying, hey, I feel really insecure about this, mm-hmm. I only see the other person's version of that. And so it gives me, um, I'm trying to put myself in a place of security, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put up my wall, I'm creating security, and I'm going to make you insecure about... Right. Yeah. About the same thing or... About the, almost, yes. Usually the same thing. Right. So insecurity, usually, from my perspective, for me, when I see someone else's insecurity... It's because I see myself in that. Yeah. And honestly, when we're seeing someone else's insecurity, it's a perceived insecurity. We don't actually know if they're insecure about that thing. Completely. Right? Because we're going like, well, because I'm think- I'm over here thinking about me not being smart enough, I assume you're worried that you're not smart enough. Right. And they <laughs> you, may not be worried about that at all. <laughs> you couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's really a well perceived said. insecurity in the mm-hmm. other person. Wow. So you just have them say it because it's our weaknesses that bring us together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So... To, and then to, you build a whole song. So when you walk into the songwriting room, do you have that one line and then you build the rest of it? No. 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 I I it, it I don't really walk into the songwriting room. I I really <laughs> I believe this. I really let songs happen to me. Hmm. And it doesn't mean that I don't want to work for it um cuz I do believe um in in crafting and editing something. But I would say for the most part, you know, there was a time in my life where I was like writing songs 36 hours a day and Mm. every, every conversation I had, I wasn't present because I was like scanning it for like song ideas or whatever. It was just miserable. It was just Mm. miserable and it burned me out. And when I made an album in 2007, nine called To Be Loved, uh, I had, oh, thank you. I had, I had about a hundred songs that I've <gasps> written. Bull. Yeah. And when I sat down with the producer, the songs that he and I picked, I knew were the songs that just came to me. Really? Yeah. And you, it's so it, even someone else listening through was going, oh man, that one feels and that one feels and pulling the same ones. Oh, they, they were, it wasn't even close. Wow. It wasn't even close. Right. And so then I just made a deal. I'm like, okay, well, that's a lot of time on those mm-hmm. other hundred. Mm-hmm. So let's just make a deal. When you want me to write a song, send it. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, I'm just going to go live a life. Wow. And that has been a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. Because then I get to receive it as a gift. That's right. Every right? time. You know when it's coming that the Lord's going, here it is. Yeah. Already. Yeah. yeah. And, and. And it doesn't mean that I don't go back and, and craft. Like even sure. the, the, when I first wrote Susie from the West Coast, that line wasn't actually in it. Mm. I wrote it and I, you know, my producer who was out in L.A. And this is after I'd written that song and my managers were like, yes, you're definitely recording that. Yeah. My friend Joy Williams was like, you know, I love that song. Please let me record it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm flattered. Um, but I think. I think I'm supposed to sing this song, you know? Wow. So this is after that song, the first version of it had yeah. like gotten, you know, a lot of yeses. Mm-hmm. So I take her to LA and I'm talking to my producer, Tony Berg, and he hears it and he rips it to shreds and not even nice about it. Oh yeah. He's like, there's nothing in this song you wouldn't say about, you wouldn't say in a Hallmark card. Oh gosh. That's what he said. <laughs> and I was like, yikes. Um, <laughs> and... And he's like, and, you know, like if somebody said this about me, I'd be mortified. I'd be pissed off. I'm like, wow. okay. And he's like, and when's the chorus? And I'm like, you know when the chorus is. He's <laughs> like, no, let's listen to it. And we listen to it, and he's like, is that when the chorus starts? I'm, you know, I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> um, but 
I, I like it because I want to make it better. I'm yeah. not trying to. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to get my ego stroked on the whole thing. Totally. I'm trying to write a song, and I want to help this song become what it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, uh, you know, I left the studio that day, and I'm like, well, that song's going on the record. Right. Um, so, uh, so I went and I I put the chorus, the starting note, an octave all the way up, and I'm like. Now, yeah. you, now you hear the chorus, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and I took the second verse, and I did. I agreed with him. I was like, "There's not much there. Like that's it's it's pretty cheap. Like it's it's. I am not taking advantage mm. of it. Mm. Um, or I am taking advantage of it. I'm make, I'm not making the most of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I would say that I was taking advantage of it instead of making the most of it. Yeah. And I wanted to make most of it. So, um. I sat down and I, I, I was like, okay, how do I really feel about this situation? Mm. Like, how do I really feel? Like, if I would, if I could sit down and say the one thing, I would say, stop, stop effing fighting me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like, you're not. You think you're fighting me? There's nothing to be fought there. Like, I'm safe. There's nothing to fight here. Right. Whatever. Can can we just like? talk about like instead of like trying to create distance from strength or from like posturing mm. or trying to create control in in uh, whether it's me or you whatever our mechanism of control here those are all coming from us wanting to be the strong person mm. the person in control right so if we could just get together and say here's the thing that I'm scared about right i think we might look at each other and be like oh Right. You know, I would say, you know, like oftentimes friendships, romantic relationships, if you could meet each other at your like seventh and eighth grade, like seven year old and eight year old self, like here's an here's a date idea Um, for the first five minutes. Just talk to each other like you're eight years old, like your eight year old self. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Seventh and eighth grade sounds interesting, too. It does. Like, man, if I if if he and I had met when we were in seventh grade. Yeah. What would I understand that I don't understand today? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. It's like because that person is still alive. Yeah. And in, in, in that, you know, in the other person that you're yeah. sitting across the table from. Absolutely. So, yeah. So when let's talk about the song Swinging then. Yeah. Because I'm going to spoiler alert for everybody. This story <laughs> ends with Jimmy Fallon and Thad being best friends. Oh, it does. So, <laughs> but it backs up. So when did you write Swinging? I wrote Swinging in 2018 in L.A. Uh, with uh, my friend Zberg, uh, the pr- the producer, his daughter um, is an incredible singer songwriter and mm-hmm. artist. Uh, and we sat down and we we'd never met before. We sat down in a room and we wrote "Swinging," and it was just the experience of writing it. She did for me what I was able to do for a lot of friends um, who are writing songs. Uh-huh. And when I'm co-writing, most of the time. I'm listening to them and I'm writing down notes and I'm like, okay, here's everything that you just said, but I put it in like, I edit it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I put it in like verse form or chorus form. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so I I told her about this whole idea of like, you know, I kind of had the chorus and I said, you know, I'm I'm looking for people who will help me go down swinging, Mm -hmm. right? Who will Mm -hmm. say, what if? Yeah. To me, it's not a song about defeat. It's a song. No. Yeah. It's a song about like we're I'm finishing this thing. Yeah. I am going all the way <laughs> to the end. Oh yeah. 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 Which is why it is the un it, the, this whole story <laughs> is unbelievable so that kismet. that's the yeah. song. It's just wild. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. It is wild. So you write that in 2018. Yeah. It's on if in case you feel the same that comes out in 2020. Yeah, the, the the label pushed right? the album back a year and a half from the <gasps> so time it was supposed it was, to come it, out in eighteen. Yes. Okay. And they just kept pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. Like, oh, we're trying to whatever. Yeah. I could get into it. Nonetheless, <laughs> uh, they pushed it back, and and I finally it's like, give me a hard date. Yep. And we are not moving it. <gasps> okay. So the and date then that pandemic. They gave, <laughs> and then the pandemic happened, and they're like, I think we should move the date. And I was like, Oh no! Right? No. Like. Like, clearly this album was looking for a fight, and it has it. Right. You know? And so they put it out. And What month of last year? June. June. 
sad. June, June 26th, right? So no touring along with it, which is actually singer-songwriter bread and butter, is here's yeah. the album. Now I'll be on the road for the next eight months yeah. singing it to you. Yeah. And there was none of that. Yeah, no. No. Yeah. And and I would say, like, what Jimmy doesn't know, or really anybody else, is uh, the label and the whole team had, like, all caps quit on that thing. Really? They asked me to wait, put that album out, waited a year and a half to yeah. put it out, to work it for two months, and then they quit. Because they kept like, well, there's not much you can do. And meanwhile, I'm like, no. <laughs> Uh, I've worked hard on this. <laughs> no, this is the opportunity. I look mm -hmm. at things as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we can't be like, well, you know, we can't do anything because I was like, no, what's the opportunity? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if people don't want to jump into that way of thinking, that mindset, yeah. then all of a sudden you're stuck with, if it's three against one, yeah. you know, so all of a sudden I'm here in the middle of a pandemic and they all, they're like, well, you know, we can't do anything. I'm right. like, well, if you think, if you keep saying that... <laughs> It will be true. It will be true, and it is true. But if we say something different over the top of this, right. maybe something else is is different, right? So at some point, I'm in the kitchen, I'm making breakfast, and I'm like, I'm venting. Yeah. I'm like, God, I'm glad. I'm glad they haven't done shit. Mm -hmm. So that whenever you do what you're about to do, they can't take any credit. You said that. I promise you. So that when you do what you're going to do, no one else can take credit. Yeah. That. Wow. Yeah, because what I've realized is in systems like labels, they want to be the presenters mm -hmm. because it's full of ego, right? Mm -hmm. So if they're not the ones that present you, you're not their person, right? Mm. So my album was up for three different Grammys, and my label nor my manager voted for it one time. <gasps> uh, that album that just came out was up for three Grammys? Yeah. That or any of those people going to listen to the show? I don't care. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just care. would like to say some things to them if they're listening. But they would say, you're right, it's true. Yeah, wow. Now, they voted for for people mm -hmm. on their roster. But not you. But not me. Wow. I wasn't their person. Wow. Congrats right? on getting nominated for Grammys, by the well, way. Well, it wasn't, it didn't make it to the final. It has to get through, like, That's three right. different rounds. That's right. That's so right. I think it had gone through, like, two different rounds. Yeah. And it was, it was wow. getting close to being in the final round. Yeah, of, and like, they didn't vote. No, they didn't. So, you know, I'm saying that. Uh, January 3rd, I'm like, okay, this has been a really long road. Yeah. And maybe I do something else. Yeah. Maybe I, maybe this is time. Like, mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, when you make art commercially, um, or do anything on a commercial level, enough people have to sign up for the conversation in order for, to make it sustainable. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And I'm like, wow, there are people signed up for the conversation. There's not enough people or at least for me to, to make a living. Because I knew that this year, and for the most part, it still hasn't, this is two years without any touring. Yes. And I don't think, any, like, the the general public, I don't think have any, um, which is, oh, this is not, this is an observation, not a judgment, uh, awareness on, like, just how brutal this has been for the music community. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that we try to talk about it a little bit here, so that our friends who don't live here know on the show. Yeah, but I don't think people know what it's been like for road managers, for bands, for artists. Yeah, yeah. And and and, per, and like to to say it succinctly, um, most artists, managers, guitar players, uh, or um, they they're not on a payroll. Yes. Right. Right. So when the PPP loans and everybody came out. Um, they're all general contractors. Right. So basically none of these artists or musicians got any help from the government. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which people don't know. They don't people know. People don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to one of our amazing partners, Third Love. So the other day, Emma, who works with us, brought in this homemade banana cake with this incredible frosting that she just whipped up because she had some overripe bananas hanging around. And let me tell you, it was quite a treat. Not the typical snack I eat mid-morning on a Tuesday, but let's be real. Sometimes a day ain't cute and you need to treat yourself a little bit. 
But with Third Love's perfectly fitted bras and quality loungewear, putting on your essentials feels like a treat every day. The thing I love about my Third Love bras is just how comfortable and confident I feel wearing them. I mean, it really makes a difference to have a bra that fits just right. I've had ill-fitting undergarments before. You know, the feeling, straps that dig in, too tight bands, scratchy tags. That's just not the way we need to be spending our days, friends. I love the 24-7 classic t-shirt bra, which is Third Love's number one rated bra. They've got a perfect piece for any occasion, even if the occasion is a relaxing day at home especially since they've introduced their line called Lounge by Third Love. Y'all, they've got us covered for not real pants days. From lazy Sunday afternoons watching baseball to running those weekend errands, Third Love loungewear is made from premium cotton and drapey fits that are perfect for all your lounge and needs. And I'm a huge fan of how Third Love stands behind their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free. And their team of expert fit stylists are available via chat or email to answer any question you might have. It's so helpful. So treat yourself with something that fits like it was made just for you with Third Love. Go to thirdlove.com slash soundsfun now to get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash soundsfun for 20% off today. And now back to finish our conversation with Dad. I, I've said before, but I went to a restaurant a couple of weeks ago, maybe six months ago now. It's been a while. And my assistant tour manager was the hostess. And I was like, this is, this is what people who don't live in our city don't know, mm-hmm. is that we, people who, ha- who are high-ranking professionals. Yeah. Like Broadway stars, yeah, and tour managers, yeah. and musicians yeah. are doing jobs that are not in their career because yeah. they're having to make ends meet. Yeah, because the help didn't get to them. Yeah, right. That's right. So I write down January third. Let's look for a new career and 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 a couple other like goals or or yeah. intentions for the year. Sure. January fourth, I send. And you really meant it. You were like, "We're closing this door." It was me. It was me being. As surrendered to, mm. to oh wow, that's interesting. What's next? As mm-hmm. I've ever been, <laughs> which makes this story bananas. Okay, bananas. If if our friends listening don't know, I cannot wait for you to play this out. So <sighs> January fourth. Now Jimmy's called it a, a manifesto. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't a manifesto. Yeah, he does. And when he said it on the show, he said he wrote a manifesto. <laughs> what it was is it was me trying to figure out if my management team was going to dig in mm-hmm. um, because I think if the business is has the right culture, people will fire themselves. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And, and so, you know, what I do is a business. And so I wrote down a goal of everything that I was going to do this year. Mm-hmm. And I'd made a lot of music over the lockdown. And I'm like, this is everything I'm going to release. This is how much money I'm going to make. Yeah. All this different stuff. And... I sent it to him that morning, and I was like, whew, that's a shot across the bow because right. if they say yes, I'm going to be like, great, let's put a plan together right. and let's make it happen. Right. I've not experienced that with him, so at that point, I was thinking, we'll probably end up parting ways over this, Yeah. which is fine, Yeah. right? And they called me two hours later and, you know, a, a conference call, and I was like, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, we don't want to talk about the list of things. I'm like, mm. oh, no, like, um, we got a phone call from The Tonight Show, and um, you're going to be playing The Tonight Show on the 26th. <laughs> I can't believe, I did not know that overlap happened that quick, that they're like, wow, you within, sent us an email. Within two hours. Yeah. My gosh. And, and, and you've never done a late night show before? I've never been on national television. Yeah. Ever. And I really had had thought I don't maybe that I don't think that happens for me. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So I, I say all that context because I don't even have a publicist. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody's doing anything. Yes. It's as dead as dead can be. This album is. Yeah. And I get a phone call that I'm playing Jimmy Fallon. So I'm like, so I get a phone. You're I like, are my y'all lying? I, I bawled oh, my eyes oh, out. Oh, I would have too. You just bawled. Bawled my eyes out. Yeah. I called them back. I'm like, how did this happen? They're like, yeah. oh, somebody, a publicist from the label sent it to them. And, and I was like, oh, okay. And then they called me back. They're like, no, it wasn't from that. Jimmy heard your song in a hardware store and he shazammed it. 
and who even has Shazam on their phone anymore? Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Jimmy Fallon does. Wow. Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon does. And and it had been his like anthem. And I'll tell you something really crazy about this is I thought, like, I've been thinking, like, why did this song connect to him? And this is all speculation. Sure. Complete speculation. But I was wondering, just out of curiosity, once I got booked, um, I was like, I wonder how many people, like, watch this thing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, uh, Tonight Show Ratings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I Googled it. And it said, Monday, the Monday prior to me playing was the third or fourth lowest ratings the Tonight Show has ever had. Oh, wow. And it's to Jimmy's credit Mm -hmm. because um, I'm a Colbert fan. There's a lot of people that I love out there. um, But I think when we call people names and we double down on hate speech with people that we don't agree with, then liberal or conservative, uh, when we do that, um, when when liberals call Trump a baby, an idiot, the buffoon, whatever, you are just the opposite side of the same coin now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And to Jimmy's credit, he didn't do it. He never did it. He never did it, yeah. right? And I'm thinking that at some point he's walking around and he's like, I know what you got to do right now to get these ratings and to get like sell advertisement. And they might have hired the wrong guy for the job because mm-hmm. that's not what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right? Yes. So when he heard that, when he heard that song, he heard my version of that. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I, w- I would speculate along with you. Yeah, right? Um, and so uh, I think when he heard it, he was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go down swinging, man. Yeah. Like, like I'm at least going to go with who I am. Yeah. And, you know... Because he was very clear about that when he's telling the story on the night show multiple nights in a row. Yes. He's not saying, I heard this song once. He's saying, this song, I've played it repeatedly for days. Right. So I, I get off the phone and I go for a walk, Annie, and I'm like, okay, how can I help? Mm. So I thought if I will tell the story that is, that actually happened on my Instagram, maybe this story will get to him and he'll know what to do with it. Yeah. Jimmy will just know what to do with it, yeah. right? yeah. And my story was, and I wanted to be hopeful and encouraging to a lot of other people because I know I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And that is that incredible things can still happen. Yeah. You know, like yeah. truly incredible things mm-hmm. can still happen. Mm-hmm. And if you're about to give up, don't. Because when I was as discouraged as I was, I didn't know I had this person jamming to my song by the name of Jimmy Fallon. Right. Right. But, and while he's important, what I realize is everybody that's listening to my song is Jimmy Fallon. Wow. Because wow. it's it's one of the things that, like, I, I look forward to when I play shows again. Like, when I get to go up and be the dude, you know, for a, an hour and a half and people give me a standing ovation, it actually feels a little, <laughs> I'm like, ah. Right. You know, I mean, thank you, but, like, <laughs> Because what I do is when I'm out there, when I'm up there, I see a bunch of incredible people. Yeah. And I see a mom of three that still took time to take her best friend who's sick dinner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm right. like, that's who should be getting a standing ovation. Mm. Wow. You know? They're all Jimmy Fallon. They're all Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just incredible. I'll tell you a really cool story about him, too is the day before I played, I'm in Rockefeller Center. They call it 30 Rock. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Now you're in the just biz, so you so know, Just so you know out there, they call it 30 <laughs> Rock. Uh, but anyways, I'm I'm about to get on the elevator, and um, and I hear behind my shoulder, like, hey, Thad. And I'm like, what? Thad. And I turn around, and it's Jimmy. He's oh, my like, gosh. I just know. in the hallway? He's getting on the elevator at the exact same oh time. Oh, my gosh. So nothing is an accident. Nothing My is gosh. an accident. So I'm like, Jimmy, I was like, I don't think you have any idea how <laughs> like yeah. grateful I am. And um and he was like, Oh man, he was like, Thank you for doing this. My wife and I, we love this song and your music mm-hmm. and the story is just helping so many people out, right? 
And it was a really short interaction, but like, like an hour later, I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, oh man, I'm glad that we met. So the tomorrow when I play is not like the first time we meet. Cause I kind of got the, the, you know, the jitters out. And, yeah. um, and I was like, you know, what's interesting is 95% of the rest of the world would have said the word I, hmm. I like, I like your song or yeah. I. It's not what he said. He said it was my wife and I. Yeah. And I was like, that's dope, man. Yeah. <laughs> Homeboy's going as a team. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Right. And if you're the head of a network and you're like, who do I give that much power to mm-hmm. and that much, you know, resource to, mm-hmm. you give it to someone who's way over the idea of me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I just thought it was so incredible that Jimmy Fallon is like, is like my wife and I. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not missed on me. His his character just keeps showing through. Yeah, yeah. I, based on what we see, I mean, we don't know his insides of his heart, but but what we are seeing and what you're experiencing personally is a pretty strong character well, guy. Yes, and Jimmy's human. That's right. He's a human being, That's right? right? But clearly, his character is for others. Yeah, his deep character, right? Yeah. And he's also human. That's so right. I don't really put him on, on a pedestal. Right. Everybody's I'm not Jimmy like, Fallon. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's... So anyways, I ended up... I go for a walk and I tell my story. Yeah. And my version of, of like, if 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 I tell my story... And this Jimmy is back on January 4th. Yeah, Jim, yeah. Jimmy will know what to do with it, right? Yeah. So the next day I go on and I tell, you know... Uh, or, or from the day that we announced that... Yeah. That yeah. was going to happen. I went on the next day and I said, uh, here's actually what happened. Yeah. You know, and, and I was like, do I want to play this cool as like, uh, you know, it meant to happen. You yeah. know, of course, why wouldn't it happen to me? Right. Or am I going to tell people like, which I don't really want people to know is like, I was ready to move on and go do something else. Yeah. Right. And and so, and my thought would, would have been, you know, like amazing if Jimmy, before I play, because normally what happens is before, you know, they say, and tonight's musical guest yeah. is this, and you play, and they hold up and the thing, yep. and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. So my thought would be like, if before I play, Jimmy said, um, I was in a hardware store, yeah. I heard the song of Shazam did, um, and uh, we called this, you know, this artist up, and he's about to play this song. Yeah. That would have been like the coolest. Yeah. Right? That's not what happened. No. I play on a Tuesday. The producers tell us, hey, Jimmy tells the story on, to, on today's show, Friday. Mm-hmm. So we watch the, 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 the show Friday night, mm-hmm. and Jimmy goes on and for three and a half minutes yes. tells the story and is talking about my song that everybody else gave up on. What were you thinking when you were watching and listening to him? Uh, I'll say it nicely, WTF. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I bet. What? Yeah, this isn't happening to someone else. Mm-hmm. This is like happening to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yes. that's my album that he's holding up. Yeah, and that's the artwork that me and my friend Mary Bannis made. Mm-hmm. Like worked really hard on. Yes. You know, and that's the that's the mirror in the middle of it, so that when people picked up the artwork, they saw themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If in case you feel the same. Yeah. And then. You know, we go up there and we, and then he made the whole episode about swinging. Yes. Right? He kept talking about it. The whole episode that night. Yeah. And, yes. And then the rest of the week, he talked about it at least two more times because yeah. the next day I went on the Today Show or two days later, yes, two more later. On the Today Show. On the Today Show. And then the song goes, it turns number one in the world and the album's number two. <laughs> And wait, wait, wait. This song was number one in the world. In the world. And the album's number two in the world. I still have a screenshot Dad. of it. And it's like The Weeknd is number three, Ariana Grande, or, or, or what was it? What, 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 the number, the huge number one song, the license song. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Was yeah. number Driver's two. License Driver's like license yeah. was number two. And above that was my song Swingin'. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. I, when yeah. I watch, I, of course, I watched all of it. The Today Show, it's all the all the hosts are talking to you. They all wanted to be on talking to you. <laughs> yeah, they were all there. <laughs> I mean, like, what? Right. I know, just. When God decided to do something with your art, no one else could take credit, huh? 
<laughs> Who else could take credit for that? Well, Jimmy Fallon, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I is unreal. Yeah, but Jimmy wouldn't want to. No. No. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? So he was a safe place for for I think God to do something really cool. What an interesting thing for you to pay attention to, which is one of the things I love about you is how you pay attention to the world. To pay attention to that God picked the exact right host. Yeah. That that is selfless enough. Yeah. To do for your career what he has done in the last three months. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh. And have y'all stayed friends? I mean, no, we don't, we don't, we don't, I mean, we, we follow each other on, I want to be very judicious on like, um, uh, you know, uh, I think when people do incredible things for us, um, it is now on us to go be incredibly brilliant. Yeah. And to keep going back to the well, you know, all of a sudden, their good deed goes unpunished. And now they're on the hook for, you know, five more things that they've got to show up to do. Yeah, and yeah. to hell if I'll, I, you know, I will absolutely not do that. Yeah. So like even after it all happened, you know, there's people I did like, well, let's do a video and see if Jimmy, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> right. What we're going to do is we're going to go be brilliant. Yeah. And if Jimmy wants to be involved, he will. He and, knows and how to find you. He knows how to find me. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to go do because to me, that's honoring Jimmy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I like when he comments on your Instagram though. It does make me happy. It is pretty crazy though. (laughs) I mean, that's like crazy. I love it so much. I was like, oh yeah, here's me leaving a comment. There's Jimmy leaving a comment. Just a couple of fads people (laughs) leaving comments. It's just awesome. It's wild. So what is being brilliant going to look like next? What are you going to do? Touring? I am. I'm going to go on a tour. We're about to announce it uh, yes. uh, through my socials. We're, this comes we're out gonna, May 17th. We're going we're gonna to announce it um, probably around then. Great. Um, we are going to – I'm getting in an Airstream, yes. and I'm going to go travel the country, and I'm going to play – like we're going to go – you know, uh, the plan is to go play the hardware store where Jimmy heard the song. What a great idea. Um, but we also want to go play like – like strength, like I want to go find a mountaintop mm-hmm. and say, I'll meet you up there. Yes. You know what I mean? That's like brilliant. I don't want to go play like traditional venues. So you're not going to do all venues. We're not. And we're going to find the right people that want to tell the right story. And we're going to come play people's backyards. Oh, boy. Yeah. How do how do people. So that'll all be on your website. It'll your social all be media. on my website, social media. And um, because you're about to turn around and do 30, 50 times across our country, maybe what Jimmy did for you once too. Well, no. No? I think there's a lot of Jimmy Fallons out there that would like to do that for their friends. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So I think think people, I don't think Jimmy is singular. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that do in in their small communities or in their cities what Jimmy has done for me and I think that they do that. And so I want to go be a part of what, of the brilliance of what they do. Bad. I want to go play music for that party. Yeah. For people that like, it's just naturally what they do. They're like, I love hosting and I love bringing people together yeah. and we love music and food and it's what they've been doing. Um, and that is basically creating joy and levity. Yeah. Uh, what Jimmy does on a national stage, I think there's so many people that do that all over the country, and I would love to come play music for those people. Okay, and, and be that's a part what of you're gonna do for be the, a part of what they are doing. Yeah. yeah, for the foreseeable next few months. For the next three or four months. Yeah, yeah. in an airstream. In an airstream with okay. my dog Cash. <laughs> <laughs> and like a tour manager, right? You're gonna have some people. You're not gonna do it by yourself, are you? Yeah, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have. Okay, good. Yeah, someone come out. Okay, yeah. good. I was like that. Yeah. I know. I, Ca- cash is cash is going to tour manage. Yeah, your dog's great, but <laughs> <laughs> but I need you to have a tour manager. Yeah, man, I I could I cried when I watched it. I could just weep hearing you tell it. Really, it is it is one of the more beautiful stories. What has happened in your life the last few months? Yeah, that I have ever seen. Thank you. So. I I you know when I when I was watching it. Um, we're both getting emotional talking about it. <laughs> Sorry, we have tissues. When I was watching it, 
I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I just so happen to be the person that it's happening to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's what, when, you know, we live along, we live, we, it's like a long walk of uh, uh, obedience, like a long, the long path where any, any, you're, <laughs> you're there's the idea of, of getting something back for it is like long past. Yeah. At some point, you're just like, this is the path I'm on. Yeah. It's just simply the path I'm on. Yeah. And, and it's way too, I'm way too far out here in the ocean to turn around now. Yeah. I'm cl- probably closer to the other side, to the other shore than I am. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, just put your head down and just keep swimming. Mm-hmm. And, but there has been this ongoing fight with God be like, you know, you're going to have to tell, like, change the story at some point. Mm. Because if the story doesn't change, as a reader, I get bored <laughs> right. and put the book down. Right. And I'm getting bored with it as yeah. the person in it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And all of a sudden, this happens, and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> now we get to do something different. Yeah. And I really look forward to finding out what all that looks like, yeah. you know? But it's been an amazing. I just think it's been a... Like when people have come up and talked to me about it, it's been a win for them and it's been something and to me that's the best. Yeah. It's like it's like, oh wow, my win became a win for a lot of other people and it was encouraging for a lot of other people. Yeah. Which is like, could you ask for anything more? Right. Yeah. Right. And to have the number one song in the Yeah, world. well you know, Annie, you do it too though. You do it in a lot of ways. I mean wow. You know, I remember sitting on Dave and Annie's front porch Mm -hmm. and I would watch you walking by with college girls that you were pouring into and mentoring. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And nobody was watching and nobody was listening. Mm -hmm. It was just you and some girls that you were investing in because you saw their value and you wanted you wanted their eyes or their understanding of value to match your understanding of value. Like you wanted the value to match, yeah, right? Yeah. And now you have like this podcast and there's a lot of people tuned in and listening, but you're not doing anything different here right now today or tomorrow or what you've been doing for the last two months that you haven't been doing for since I've known you. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. That means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That is very kind of you, Thad. And I believe you because you've walked it with me. So yeah. I believe you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Is there anything we didn't say that we need to say? We didn't talk about cash. We're going to have to say that for the next one, though. Yeah. Save next it for show. The next, one. next show, you're going to come I back. would just say, everybody go get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just go get a dog. Just go get a dog. <laughs> Makes you go to therapy, changes your life. <laughs> Thad, the last question we always ask mm-hmm. because the show is called That Sounds Fun, mm-hmm. tell me what sounds fun to you. What sounds fun to me? Uh, I think what really sounds fun is getting an Airstream. <laughs> yeah, you're about to do it. I'm about to do it. Yeah. Is getting an Airstream. Do you Airstream. already own one or are you going to buy no, one for I'm, it? No, I'm like, we're, I'm, I'm going to be buying one in the next week. Uh, getting an Airstream and going and uh, seeing the country and connecting with people and creating a soundtrack to... Um, amazing experiences that people are doing for their friends and their community. Mm-hmm. That sounds incredibly fun. You get to do it. Yeah. Man, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I love you too. Thank you for doing this, sharing your story. You guys, isn't he the best? Isn't that an incredible story? Oh my gosh. It just, we were both in here crying. I mean, such a special story, such a gift that we get to time capsule the whole thing right here. I'm so thankful. Hey, make sure you grab a copy of Thad's new album called If In Case You Feel The Same and go follow him. Tell him thanks for being on the show today. And if you haven't already, be sure to grab your tickets for the That Sounds Fun podcast tour. We are so 
close to heading out. And even though there are a couple of sold out shows, we've still got seats at several stops. So join us for a night full of laughter and some surprises, a live podcast recording and well, fun y'all so much fun. Just go to AnnieFDowns.com for all the details and to get your tickets. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs TSF, like that sounds fun, on YouTube. And yesterday I got a message that a friend said, I miss when you tell us what sounds fun to you at the end of the show. So today, what sounds fun to me is going outside and listening to Thad's album and being in the sunshine. So I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I am going to do the same. Have a great week and we'll see you back here on Monday. We'll see you then.